0: Yes, hello, folks! One very special episode of Beyond the Pitch. I'm your host, as always, joined by my fantastic legend here, Brand Robson. Of course, needs no introduction for me. Absolute privilege to have Brand on the podcast. I've had Brand on a number of times. Today's a very special day, Brand, because today you are releasing a movie that you, exposed were part of. You were the executive director of. Tell me a bit about the Brand Robson story because it's coming out today.
1: No, oh, thanks very much for the invite, Phil. But uh,
0: yeah,
1: I, I mean, a friend of mine. Uh, About 18 months ago, he phoned me and asked, uh, you you know, would I be interested in making a film documentary? I've got grandkids. He said, your grandkids will have kids. He says, and it's something you can document and, you know, keep for life. Um, And so I said, I'll think about it. And then with the pandemic and everything going on, I just thought, yeah, you know, if if you tell a little bit of the story about where you come from and the background and everything, and that it it could be good for people throughout the world that you know, hey, you know, if you work hard enough, you have a belief in yourself, and you love what you're doing, you you've got a great chance of achieving something. Um, you know, so I went back to him and said, yeah, okay, uh, you know, I'll do it.
0: I think, Brian, for me, I'm obviously a Manchester United fan. I've seen lots of your content all over the place. What was great about this was, one, it put everything in one place, and two, I think it also told the story about your foundations, which was really important, about your family, about where you grew up and how important that was in your success. Tell me a bit about that, because uh, how important was it? You grew up in the northeast, of course, big, hot battle football, working-class community. How important was that in your future success?
1: Yeah, I mean... My, my dad um, decided when I was six-year-old to take me to my first football match. Uh, sat and watched, and then after a few times that he took me to Newcastle to watch them play, you know, all of a sudden I just felt all I want to do is be a footballer, um, you know, and that got into my blood. Uh, you know, and so it went from there, and, you, you know, I, come from a council estate, but I didn't really want for anything. My mom and dad were mm-hmm. both very hard workers and looked after me, my sister and my two brothers. Um, you know, but yeah, it started from going, watching uh, Newcastle play. And then I, I got into the school teams and uh, this one day as a 13 year old, there was a knock on the door. Uh, this scout wanted to talk to me, mum and dad about me going for trial to Burnley Football Club uh, for a week. And uh, I said, yeah. And then after that, West Brom came in. And when they sort of offered me an apprenticeship, um, you know, that was it. Uh, I just thought, great, yeah, I'm joining a f- professional football team. And... I've got my foot in the door, and I've got to work really hard now. Uh, the hard work
0: really begins. Seventy-five pound a week, I believe it was. You were on in the beginning. Um, so, uh, and as it says in the movie, you didn't but, have to borrow Phil money not, from your mum and dad anymore.
1: Sorry, <laughs> Phil, not not in the beginning. Uh, it was five pound the first. Oh, was, year five, it, was your first it pro the contract with 75, that was seventy-five pound? Was Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was the first pro contract. <laughs>
0: And you didn't have to borrow money from your mum and dad anymore, which was great. I understand. So you you get your first pro contract at West Brom. Of course, that was a very, very good West Brom team back. Um, uh, Ron Atkinson was there at the time. Why did you choose West Brom? Because I'm sure you, like you said, yeah, Burnley, you had other options. Why West Brom?
1: I just love the way they looked after you when you went down there, you, you know, for your two weeks training, you, you sort of, You met the first-team players at the training ground. um, They didn't really distance you from that. Uh, But it was the way they looked after you. It wasn't a hostel, you know, going in digs. They actually put you in a hotel, pick you up every day. And then even after the training sessions, which was morning and afternoon, they'd sometimes take you to the cinema or if there was a football match on in the Midlands, you'd go to the match. And so they just really looked after you and that's what captured me by them.
0: When you look back in that, branch, especially when you consider two things. One, how important Ron Atkinson was to bring you to Manchester United and two, the fact that you met your wife, in Birmingham. How important was it, you know, you look at that, look back on that now and think, what if you had have chosen differently? That was such a fundamental choice in your career and launching where you ended up going afterwards.
1: Yeah, it does. Well, I I think... A lot of successful people in life, they always have a strong woman behind them. Yeah. And, you know, I've got that in my wife, Denise, who I met in Birmingham, like you say. Um, yeah, you know, but uh, the, the club were really good uh, with me as well. I had some great coaches who they, they showed you and worked with you of the great principles that you need to, to go on and have a successful career. You know, hard work and the practice that's got to go into it. Uh, So Don Howe and people like Ron Atkinson, Johnny Giles, you know, they were really good managers to work under. And so that grounded me really well for, you know, when I went to Manchester United.
0: You talk about you getting an apprenticeship and, of course, some of the attributes that don't change, hard work and everything. But you broke your leg twice, your ankle, of course, three times. Well, all together three times in the same year. How difficult was that? Because if you were playing today, you'd have the benefit of all the modern medicine everything else because West Brom put you on a diet of Guinness to build you up. How, when you look back on that, Brian, do you feel like you would have benefited so much more from modern medicine, modern society? Um, or do you just feel, you know what, I have no regrets?
1: No, I have no regrets because I had uh, good surgeons. Not that they had the to- cut me on, but they had to put the bones sort of back in place which they did a terrific job. I had great physio at uh, West Brom at that time and yeah it was you know you had to be patient because three times within two years um it's the disappointment you've got to get over of not playing yeah. but you, you know what I think it held me in good uh, stead Phil because the third time when I came back from the broken leg, I realised how much I'd missed playing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that come uh, that overcome any of the disappointments of, you know, having the breaks and uh, having to recover from them and rehabilitate. Uh, it was just a disappointment of not being able to play football anymore.
0: It seems like a stupid question, considering you're one of the most elite midfielders I've ever seen in my life. But do you ever wonder what you would have been if you didn't have your injuries?
1: I, I always thought about that, you know, especially when I left school at 15. Uh, but, yeah, I loved all different sports because I love my cricket, athletics. Um, you know, I was always pretty good in school stuff and county stuff. Um, so I would like to have been P.E. instructor at a school or a college. Uh, so that's what I was looking at doing if I hadn't have been a footballer.
0: I I was just wondering what player you would have been. If I remember correctly, um, you played in the World Cup uh, with a broken arm.
1: Well, it was not broken, but it was very, very weak. Uh, Unfortunately, it it didn't hold up. And, you know, after two games in Mexico, that put me out of the World Cup. Uh, So that was disappointing. But then I was devastated, Phil. when you know, I go to Italy. Uh, in '90, we had a really good England team, which got to the semi-final of the World Cup that year. Um, and I snapped my Achilles tendon yeah. in the second game again. So, uh, you know, that was uh, the biggest sort of setback for me uh, in my career as far as injuries are concerned.
0: Yeah, Because we often ask the question if modern players could play in today's era, but could today's players play in your era?
1: Yeah, I think they'd find it uh, a lot different though. they'd find it a lot more physical. But, you know, when people say players don't show commitment in today's game, I always feel uh, it's a little bit unfair on the players because in our days, the referees and the rules of the game allowed you to do some sort of hard tackles and, you know, be very physical, where in today's game, it doesn't allow you to be like, that. you've got to be really sensible about how you tackle.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, Lee Sharp telling me a story when he was playing against Spurs. I think it was Paul Stewart. He put a marker on him early and you went over and sorted that out. We, we sort of lost that today, haven't
1: we? Yeah, because I think the referees are, are looking at it. But, uh, I, you know, when I was at West Brom, I had senior players looked after me when I was a, a young lad coming through the ranks. Uh, you know, and I always took that on board and, that, you know, I was so, so delighted that, they did try to look after me when I was a kid. Um, and so all I did when I come to Manchester United, uh, it was any young lads who got, got into the team and people were trying to be over-physical with them. Yeah, you know, you try and help them out and sort the players out who were doing that.
0: Tell me about your move to Manchester United because, of course, that was a massive moment for you and for the football club. So a lot of money for a football club. Uh, Ron Atkinson said... It's not a rescue bang, guarantee quality. Tell me about how that move came about, Brian.
1: Well, at the time, I think Liverpool were interested in me in Manchester United uh, because uh, West Brom had said that they wanted over a million pound, and I think Ron Atkinson heard that Liverpool were prepared to offer one point two, uh, so Manchester United came in with one point five for me. And, and that was it. That, that made my mind up that it was Manchester United I was going to go to. Um, you know, and I knew Ron, I knew Ray Wilkins, Stevie Coppel, Gary Bailey, who I'd played with, with England. Uh, you know, so I was delighted to join a massive club like Manchester United.
0: When you came to Manchester United and Ron Atkinson, did you feel that the football club was close to winning a World at an, an FA Cup or, or sorry, a, a league title? Um, I know obviously they won a couple of FA Cups, but how far away did you feel that Manchester United team was from winning the league?
1: I, I think we we got fairly close. Um, you know, especially when he bought, so sort of like myself, Remy Moses, before that, Frank Stapleton. Then we had uh, a young Whiteside and Hughes coming through. Uh, he, he bought Strack. and you're thinking, lower this is a decent side now." Uh, but unfortunately, that year of '85, where we won the first ten Premier League yep. games, or uh, the first first division games, but then uh, went on to be unbeaten in the first 17 games, and we had a great lead. But unfortunately, we got quite a lot of injuries: John Gidman, uh, Paul McGrath. Strach, myself, um, you know, we all got long-term injuries and I just feel the, the squad wasn't quite strong enough to cope with those injuries and that's why we faded away in that year and unfortunately the following year Ron got the sack.
0: Yeah, as you know, that's an inevitability unfortunately in football. Sir Alex Ferguson comes in. How different was that for you from what you'd seen before? Because Ferguson uh, of course in his memoirs talks about what he had to change, the culture inside the football club. Was it difficult to go from Ron Atkinson to Sir Alex? No, not really because in the main
1: uh, managers have very similar principles. I mean Ron, Ron Atkinson and Salex Ferguson loved football, Uh, you know, and they worked very hard at trying to develop teams. Um, Ron Atkinson was a little bit different to Salex, though, because Ron wanted players to enjoy the football and express themselves, where Salex wanted you to do that, but you also had to be disciplined in the way you trained, in the way you lived your life outside of football, and... If he demanded things on a football pitch, then you had to try and implement that the best you could. So that's where Sir Alex was that bit different to to Ron.
0: Let me ask you about when, of course, 1990, whenever Sir Alex wins the FA Cup, that FA Cup came away from Adam Forest. I've interviewed Martin Edwards. He is adamant that Sir Alex wasn't going to be sacked. His question's been asked a thousand times. But I want to ask you, what was the mood like inside the football club at that time? Was there a feeling that if we don't win this game, Sir Alex could be gone?
1: No, I think speculation in the media was rife. Um, some There was a small, very small section of the Old Trafford uh, fans were... Uh, you know, talking about it as well and chanting about it, but only a very small section. Uh, but, you know, when I spoke to uh, Martin Edwards years later, that he said that because of the way Alex was building the squad of players and that could see the quality that he was bringing into the team and then what he wanted to do with the academy by introducing Brian Kidd and Nobby Stiles to do a scouting thing and and get the youth development side of it like it was under Sir Matt Busby. I think the board of directors and the chairman could see that happening and they could see the improvement. So I, I don't think Sir Alex at that time was under that you know, real pressure. But I've got to say, because of all the younger players that he brought in, like Polly and Paul Ins, and some of the other boys, um, it was a really important cup win because it gave mm-hmm. the lads the confidence to go on and be successful uh, after that.
0: You won the league, of course, in 92-93? Tell me what did that mean to you? Because you've been at United so long, it looked like it wasn't going to happen. You are coming to the end of your career. Um, of course, for Mac, also got to see that league title win. What did it mean to you to win that?
1: Uh, it was the, the best moment of my Manchester United career. You know, everybody keeps saying it's 24, 25 years since United have won the league. Uh, And for it to be the first Premier League as well, uh, that was a special time, you know, for the club, for myself and the group of players who'd achieved that. Um, You know, so that that was a great moment, probably my favourite moment at Old Trafford, even though I've had some great ones. Uh, but yeah, like you say as well, Samat Busby was still alive and I can always remember seeing like the massive smile on his face uh, when we lifted the, the trophy, me and Steve.
0: Um, I haven't had a chance to watch all of your movie yet. Is all of this in the movie, Brands. So those of you who haven't got to see it yet, will they get to see all of these stories in this movie?
1: Yeah, all of, all of those type of... Antidotes are in there, you know, there's some great footage of some of the goals and some of those special moments that we're talking about, you know, in 92, 93. Even the European Cup Winners' Cup in 91, you know, for me, that was a special moment as as a one-off night and winning a European trophy.
0: You've played for a lot of great managers in your time, and I'm sure we talk about this in this movie. Bobby Robson being one of them, Sir Alex being another Tell me, and this is maybe an unfair question, who would you say is the best manager you've played for, Robin?
1: I know, club manager, definitely Sir Alex. You know, like you say, I've played for some great managers, but, you know, for me, Sir Alex is a standout one, not not only just in this country, you, you know, but throughout the world, to have the record that he had with a massive club like Manchester United is a fantastic career.
0: When you look back on your career, you say you have no regrets about some of the decisions that you made. Do you have any regrets at all about any of the things that you've done in your career to look back on you wish you'd done differently?
1: Yeah, the, the one is when I worked with Terry Venables as assistant uh, with England. Uh, you, you know, when Terry, for whatever reason, left with, with England or departed the, the ways. Um, Jimmy Armfield, uh, who was working with the FA at the time, and interviewed me. And the thing was, that's why I was assistant to maybe step in the role. But I'd only had two years of management and I just felt I didn't have as much knowledge as what I, what I needed to be successful uh, with England. So instead of saying, can I have the evening to think it over and that right at the day, I said to Jimmy, no, I don't have enough experience. Um, that was a bad decision. I should have said yes.
0: You then, of course, you took the the middle spirit job. You're a manager yourself. Um, do you do you have any int- intentions of ever going back in the management, or is that something you look at and think I'll never do again?
1: I would never say never because uh, I enjoyed the international role at in Thailand. Um, you know that was a really interesting period and working with different culture and everything with the Thai boys. But I really enjoyed it. Um, And international is not as demanding as club management. I can't see me going back into club management because I enjoy my time with my grandkids and I can go on holiday when I want to go on holiday. But I can still do my role as ambassador with Manchester United, which I really enjoy.
0: You enjoy your life now, Rebel, being ambassador, travelling all over the world, meeting different people?
1: Yes, I do. I mean, hopefully this pandemic goes away and, you know, we can get back to normal and go around the world and meet our fans throughout the world. Um, you know, it's a, it's a pleasure doing the job representing Manchester United. Uh, you know, I really enjoy it. and But what it does do, it still gives me plenty of time uh, with my family and to go on holidays and, like I say, babysit now and again
0: big day for the football club of course today with ralph Raniak being appointed um tell me what your thoughts are on that
1: no, the the club came out straight away and said they were going to you know bring somebody in to the end of the season um you know give themselves time to plan and really think about who the next manager is going to be um and i think that's the right step um you know, I, I think we've gone too many years now without winning a trophy. I thought Oli built the squad uh, very well and I'm just surprised at the way we tailed off at the start of the season uh, because you look back to last year, yeah. you, you know, Europa Cup final, second in the league. You bring Sancho, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, um, and Varane into the squad, you don't let anybody go. And so you're thinking, well, this is it. You know, this is where we kick on a little bit. And we really do challenge, you know, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City. Um, But, you know, it just didn't happen for Ollie, unfortunately. Um, But this next time round, uh, hopefully we can have a, a real good second part of the season when we get there. Uh, Because we've still got two really important cups to play in. You know, we've still got to fight for a Champions League position. Um, And that is still possible. But uh, the lads have got to get back to the last two performances, which have been a lot more pleasing. Uh, At least we competed and sort of like, you know, played at a tempo which is going to get your results in games uh, for... A couple of months before that, we didn't compete. We didn't challenge for things. Um, and if you don't do that, then you're going to get beaten in football
0: games. What was the thing that was disappointing um, for me about the Liverpool game? was We used to say form goes out the window in those games. Uh, didn't matter how good you were, because the one thing you were guaranteed was blood and thunder. You were guaranteed your players would play from the shirt. Was that the thing that disappointed you most in the Liverpool game, that we didn't see that?
1: You know, when you're playing against Liverpool... Or City and sometimes it was Arsenal Chelsea are in there as well, when you play against these teams, you know if you're getting beat 2-3-0 I I don't condone players getting sent off or getting booked, but what you do is you try and change the game of where you get wired into a few tackles (laughs) okay, you get a few bookings and that but at least you're showing that you care. and mm. You know, you come out of that Liverpool game and we didn't have one player uh, boot.
0: Uh, probably could sound off, I think, in the game, but yeah, you're yeah. right. But other than that, you're right. Um, <clears throat> last couple of questions, Brian. I appreciate you being so generous with your time. Looking back on your time at Manchester United, I'm glad you got to win the league. Um, tell me about some of your golden memories that you hold on to beyond, obviously, winning the league, because you had some great times where, of course, you had play with Cantona. You, uh, there were some low moments, of course, uh, the death of Sir Matt. But tell me, what was your... Uh, you, you, Barcelona game, of course. Uh, tell me a couple of your golden memories that you hold on to from your playing career. Uh,
1: straight away, the 83 FA Cup final. You, you know, to win the FA Cup final score two goals, get brought down for a penalty and win the game 4-0. Uh first major trophy, that was special. Um then I got 91, you know, winning in Rotterdam against Barcelona, who were a top team.
0: You're a uh, ball from Arcuse.
1: <laughs> yeah. That that's a special moment, you know, a great night, um, you know, a great atmosphere there. So, you know, that was special. Uh then 92, 93 winning the title for the first time in 26 years, uh, that that was a real special moment, uh, you know. So those three things, uh, the standout moments for me because you know, that's why you join a club like Manchester United, to win trophies.
0: Abu, how would you like people to remember you as a football player?
1: As a footballer, um, hard-working, give everything for the team, and... Um, had ability to go with that but just give a hundred percent and you know that's how I'll always feel uh, if fans appreciate me for doing that then you know I'm happy
0: you are of course adored by Manchester United fans and really so for multiple generations including myself um you got a message for all the Manchester United fans that adore you
1: oh look at uh, thanks for your support uh, in 40 years, I mean, I can't believe it's 40 years since I signed for the club, but uh, I've always had a great rapport with the Man United fans all around the world. Thank you for your support, and uh, hopefully, it can go on for quite a few more years.
0: We hope so, Rabbi. Hopefully, I hopefully see you again in the States the next time you're out here. I'm going to be over for the Burnley game, so I'm looking forward to being at Old Traveling in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much. All the best, mate. And listen, don't forget, folks, I, I'll upload all the clips and the movies where you can find it, everything else. Well, we're really looking forward to watching the rest of this. Thank you so much for doing this wonderful story and it's an honour of a lifetime, the interview. Thank you so much. Thanks very much, Phil. Cheers, Bye. mate. Bye. Thank you Bye. very much.